Welcome to Mindful Talk, brief conversations about mindfulness in the workplace and at home. I am your host, Lauren Wessinger. And I'm your host, Misty Anderson. And this podcast is brought to you by The Mindful Project. The Mindful Project helps you elevate the culture of your business by bringing mindfulness practice to you and your staff through in-person and virtual learning. Contact us through our website, themindfulproject.co, for more information. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, Misty and I are talking about vulnerability in relation to May being Mental Health Awareness Month. Hi, Misty. Hello, Lauren. Good to see you today. You too. How are you? I'm doing well. I know our listeners can't see us, but we are looking really cute today and matching tank tops. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, we showed up looking the same black and white. We look cool. <laughs> we do. Makes me feel like we're together. Me too. Same. It looks like we should be going to lunch or something after this, even though we're 2000 miles apart. <laughs> yeah. I'll be honest. Like my biggest mantra is pretty much this because it's what I want to offer to the world. I feel like by me being vulnerable and showing that to the world, I'm showing that I'm human. I make mistakes. I make a lot of them. I do silly stuff. I'm regular so that one person feels that and connects with that. And that vulnerability helps them be more vulnerable and perhaps open up about whatever it is that they're stuck moving forward. That's my hope. And so this is a really, it's a really important topic. And I think Lauren will agree. One of the things that we get feedback about the podcast is how vulnerable we are. And so it's important to both of us. And it's an important topic that needs to be discussed when you're talking about mental health. It really does mental health is such a, a big umbrella. And I think a lot of the challenge right now is that people feel alone and feel like they're the only ones feeling the way they're feeling. And we all know this, there's such a stigma around having something challenging going on in your body, but especially in your mind. And I think a lot of people are suffering alone without realizing that there's probably millions of people in the same boat as them. And I think if, if people felt less alone in their experience and in their journey and in their own mind, I think things would be a lot different. Brene Brown says that in order for connection to happen, vulnerability has to be present. And I'll try to find this article and cite it in the show notes, but I read an article several years ago about the root of addiction actually being lack of connection. And if you look at lack of connection being lack of vulnerability, also you start to see how important vulnerability is to our feeling of belonging in this world, to our feeling of that we have people to connect to and really to our overall physical health, mental health, of course, too. Yeah, it <clears throat> the connection piece is so important. And I think it on um, we have an upcoming episode that we recorded um, 
but I think you told me like 90% of people have had a traumatic incident in their lifetime. Mm -hmm. And it's been, I've thought about it nearly every day since we had that conversation. And I just don't feel near as alone, just impacted by that one statement. And so that connection to other people and just walking along and thinking, hmm, they probably had something crazy happen to them too. <laughs> well, they probably had something that happened to them too, you know, and they're everybody just like grief. There's no timeline. You, you go through it and process it at different times, but it just helps me feel really connected to everyone. Like everyone is human and, but I have to be open about that. And, and so when I think about like the relationships in my life that are really strong, I mean, like you and I, we're a great example. We're very open with each other. We're very vulnerable with each other. We say, I can't do that. That's not in my wheelhouse. And it's, and it just works. And it's because of that connection and us being open about those things. Definitely. It really removes a lot of the, in general, I think the struggle between two people and between two personalities who are working closely together, because we don't have this, but I know we've both experienced this with other relationships um, where you, you feel like you have to like puff up your chest and like fluff your feathers and put on this mask and this front that isn't real. And that can only last for so long because we're human and stuff happens and we get our feelings hurt, but we don't tell anybody and it builds resentment and it festers and the whole thing just blows up. And so I think it removes a lot of wasted time when we can just get real with somebody and honest and vulnerable. And I'm not saying it's easy all the time, but I know like for you and I, we've always had that. So it's not something we've had to work toward. Um, I've definitely had relationships where I've had to work on that. And I realized a long time ago that for me, part of it is being an only child. Mm. And I didn't have to tell anybody how I was feeling. You know, there was no one in my house that I had to sort of stick up for myself with like a, a contentious sibling. And I used to not share much of myself thinking and I'm talking like early twenties when I was really young, thinking that that was somehow being a good friend, right? Like I was just being the one that was there for everybody and listening to everybody, but never sharing about myself. And it was taken as the exact opposite. It was taken almost as an insult to my friends that I wouldn't share with them and that I wouldn't open up to them. And I realized I was like, oh yeah, this vulnerability thing is a two-way street. It can't just be one person sharing because there's no trust there otherwise. Yeah. So I have a good friend who she was that person. Like we were super close, great friends, but she never, it was more about like, what's going on with you and tell me about your problems. And I always did, but I always asked, I just never got a ton of stuff back. And I always, this is what I used to tell myself. I used to think it was like the love languages, you know, like how some people, that's just their gift. Like they want to listen and help and do. So that's kind of what I told myself. <clears throat> Fast forward, this person had a traumatic thing happen in their life. And it was one of those core shakers. Mm -hmm. That person now is 
so raw and vulnerable. And I had just seen <clears throat> such a, just a immense change in that person for, for the good and opening up about the things that have happened and how hard it was. And then that leads to something else that this person was thinking that I never even knew, you know, and it was almost like it was like this box was opened and it all stems from back from that person being just vulnerable and opening up. I'm sad that it took an event like that, but I bet there's a lot of people that that happens to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something breaks you open eventually, you know, whether it's yeah. breaking open your story or your heart or just your ability to share. Um, and so much in our lives can be so tragic, but so much ends up being such a gift with those big shifts it brings, you know, maybe she's finding the ability to actually connect in a much deeper way with people now, which is, I think the baseline of healing, you know? Yeah. I also think I get really frustrated. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm a military wife. My husband is a Marine. There is a huge stigma for all those guys to just be badasses, you know, and they are, <laughs> they can take down all and do all the things, but they also really need to take care of their mental health. And that requires vulnerability. So you're going to send somebody to boot camp, yell in their face, tell them, suck it up, you know, do what you're supposed to do. But oh, by the way, you also need to tell us if you're feeling like off or depressed or having anxiety. What? It's such an oxymoron, you know, it like goes against each other. And I find that really frustrating. And I would like to dispel the, well, number one, the male associated shame of that. Like you can be vulnerable and be a man. Like, actually, I think it's great. And I think it's more attractive. And I think there's other women that would agree. We want to know what's in your head and what's going on. And it doesn't make you any less. And I want that stigma. I hope I feel like it's there and it's coming, but I want that stigma gone. And then I'd really love to see us, and I don't know the answer to this, but some somehow figure out how to better support the military in regards to mental health and just how they're trained. You know, it's very frustrating. <laughs> we need a massive sea change in how we care for troops that are active duty troops that are coming home. I mean, we're essentially controlling someone's life and saying, okay, good luck when they're done with no tools, not enough money. I mean, I think the whole thing needs to change because I think troops should be supported more than almost anything else because of what they're giving up. You know, when my dad came home from Vietnam, there was no such thing as PTS. There was no post-traumatic stress disorder. Now we know we call it post-traumatic stress there was just, all right, welcome back. Good luck with the rest of your life. While these people are, are deeply afflicted by what they saw. And I just have such a, I, I agree with you. Um, I think I, I agree with you too, that it's starting to shift and it's a sea change, but you know, it's like moving a dinosaur. I mean, the stuff's going to move so slow. Um, and, you know, I think we can completely respect our military and want things to be a lot better for them. I'm not sure why that's not a thing <laughs> now. I don't if get I ever the run into, If I ever run into a general, he 
Barrett, poor Barrett, I'll be like giving that guy an earful about the mental health of those people. And by the way, those are the people that we give the guns and the bombs to, right? You know, so it's, it's in our best interest to make sure that those people are really healthy in their brain. We make sure that they do all the running and the exercise and the physical fitness aspect, you know, that's where I get. So it's a whole other topic. And I didn't mean to go off on that bunny trail, but the large majority of those individuals are men and it is, has been very, hmm, you're less than if you suffer from anxiety, depression, anything on the spectrum of any kind of mental illness, it was frowned upon. And quite frankly, some of your privileges were taken away if you even needed medication because of certifications and stuff. So there, there's a place if you're listening and you worry that um, you can't get help because of that. Just know you can, but you must dig. And my family has experienced that. Um, You must look for those resources to get help um, because they're not as readily available. They're getting better. And I think 2020, God love COVID. (laughs) I think it did push some things forward. And I think mental health awareness is one of them. And that is trickling into the military and men in general. I'm so glad it's a total public health crisis. In my opinion, the fact that everything you described that's going on, that they don't even have access to medication because it changes benefits and certain certifications. I mean, if that's not a public health crisis, I don't know what is honestly, but I know we could do a whole episode on that topic. Maybe we will. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's hard for the back to vulnerability. It's hard for those people to be vulnerable Mm -hmm. and, that's just one segment of the population. There's a whole other group. You know, you think about like, I know people who are like Wall Street people. They're supposed to be like, go, 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 earn, 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 earn. There's no stopping. There's no like, oh, I'm feeling off today and I need a mental health day. Those people, you know, like there's whole segments of people that it's just frowned upon for them to be vulnerable and to have something that they need to work on just crazy to me. Yeah. Well, vulnerability takes a lot of courage. And I think in the United States, we're such a country of productivity. Um, I think the United States has, there's so many great things about living here. I mean, so many. And, And because we love living here, I think we can be really honest that there's a lot to still work on. I mean, I, I think in any relationship, you want that person to keep bettering themselves. And I feel that way about this country. I mean, I think it's okay to love your country and want it to be better at the same time. And, and, you know, we're such a country of production and capitalism and earning and status that I think sometimes the more heart-based qualities get overlooked and really pushed down because they are seen as weakness. But I think there really is a massive sea change in the last, I don't know, five years, 10 years, 15 years, maybe more like five or 10, where people are really understanding that it's really becoming almost a life or death situation to get real about how they're feeling. You know, it's, it's making people live shorter to not get real with how they're feeling and to address mental health. And I'm so glad to see the stigma starting to lift. Um, You know, the word courage, I'm going to post the that, uh, have you seen that Brene Brown's 
Power of Vulnerability TED Talk? No. Okay. I'm going to post it in the show notes. You have to listen to it. Listen to it on a walk. You don't need to watch it, but it's awesome. It's 20 minutes. It's been downloaded from YouTube or viewed 55 million times. It's a massive, yeah, super like well-known. Of course I haven't um, seen it. Yeah. You know, (laughs) there's only so much we can do in a day. I know. I'm like, gosh, (laughs) I haven't seen this. Like, oh, anyway, I'm so behind. You're so behind. No, but she says, that, and I had actually heard this before, courage, the, the Latin root of the word is the word heart, C-O-U-E-R, core, I think it's the word. And, and that old definition is to tell the story of who you are with your whole heart, to tell the story of who you are with your whole heart, not the external shell, not the status, not the car, not the house, not the job, not your weight, not your wrinkles in your face or that you're trying to remove. I mean, none of that is who we are really. It's part of who we are, but there's so much more depth to a human. And I think to live a really full, well-rounded life that experiences all spectrums, we have to get real with that, that heart story of who we are, that full picture, not just who Instagram wants to reflect, but like the real awesome, like grit of who we are. I mean, that stuff is the best stuff anyway. Oh, I love that. Definitely going to listen. Yeah. Because I agree. Like, Kurt, I always think of the Wizard of Oz and, you know, the, yes! the, the okay, so the lion, he wanted a heart because he wanted courage. And you're exactly right. It gives you, <clears throat> maybe, do you think, like, obviously, I mean, this has probably been studied, but like your age helps you to kind of, develop that in the perspective piece of being able to really look at yourself and accept those not so great qualities, but learn how to fine tune them and to get better at them. But then also recognizing what you're really good at, you know, and like embracing that. I just feel like I'm just now there. Like I'm just now like, oh, I am good at that. And I'm going to do that because that, you know, is a part of me and what i value and what brings me joy, that sort of thing. I think it definitely comes. It's one of those things that comes with wisdom of experience, you know? Um, And I think a lot of it is how we were raised, you know? I mean, so much of who we are, our limits and our our, um, non-limits, like the things that are really great about us, a lot of it was instilled when we were really young. And, and from a young age, I mean, not too, too young, but I remember being like older teenager through college. And even of course, still today, I was always so fascinated by people's, I don't know, we'll call them scars. You know, like I wanted to know the stories that nobody knew. And what really attracted me to somebody was not their shiny perfection. I've always had a thing where I just wanted to know the real story. And that would make me fall in love with people. I mean, I didn't care how good you looked on the outside, but like, tell me what you've been through and, and what did you learn from? It was always like a outlook of mine, but I think it came from my parents, you know? Yeah, you're exactly right. My grandparents are, I come from a family of just say it. Like my grandmother has no filter. If it's in her head, it's coming out her mouth. Um, Not that that's always great, but it does instill like this is how I'm feeling. You know, if I was mad, I said, I'm mad and this is why I'm mad. And then we went on about our day. I never kept any of that 
inside and I didn't grow up doing that. And then when I started to run across people who would hold on to things, especially in my twenties, it was like, what is wrong with that? Like, let it go. Like it happened like last week. Um, but now I get like, it's just like you said, it's probably the environment that I was raised in. And I was used to just dispelling all that and getting it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think if people could, to, could start to see that what really makes them rich and full and interesting is just not the exterior. I think there would be a lot of healing. Like if, if all of our listeners listening to this could for a minute, just realize that who they are on the outside is just not quite as interesting as who they are on the inside. And that like just titrating and trickling out those little pieces of story are just so awesome. I mean, I can't even tell you how fascinating I find that and, and how, how little judgment I think a lot of people surprisingly have about somebody's authentic and honest story, even if it's so dark and painful. Um, I just, anytime anyone's being real with me, I don't care what the details are, or what they've done. I don't have any judgment about it, you know? No, me either. Like that's one of the things I would say my friends say about me is that I just, you can come and tell me anything and I wouldn't judge you and I'm not probably going to give you advice. I'm just going to listen and hold space for you. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think? Cause I'm thinking like of a homework exercise for everyone in regards to, it feels like to me in order to really be vulnerable and open up how you're feeling to someone else, you first got to get really vulnerable with yourself and really real and find a way to, bring those thoughts together. So then you can give them to someone else and share them with someone else. So what do you think about that? Yeah, I think we can look at this little homework piece. You know, vulnerability can definitely be used through conflict, right? That's one real way to, to be like, this happened. This is how I feel. I need to let you know, you know, but I think that's sort of like the advanced version. (laughs) And I think we could take it, uh, like what you said of just thinking about how you're feeling perhaps about something in your household, if you live with people, and if you don't, then you could take this into a friendship Um, and just make it, just make it about you. Like something that you're feeling about your health or something at work that was hard for you, um, your belief in your abilities, you know, stuff like that, maybe self-doubt. That's a really big one. And sitting with that and and just getting really clear on what the suffering is, what the pain point is for you. And then sharing that with somebody, sharing that with somebody who you trust and who, you know, just loves you unconditionally and just say, Hey, can I talk to you about something that's been on my heart? I just need an ear to help me process and, and just to sort of hold the space while I verbalize this. And just nothing about the other person, just make it all about you. Something you need to share. It's the hardest thing in the world for some people. Oh, that's a good, I'm going to put a name to mine. Like the experience in my house. I like that a lot. Yeah. Thanks for sharing. Well, let us know listeners how this episode landed for you. Um, I feel like this is one of those topics we could 
we could chat about for 10 episodes. I mean, the conversation is never ending, but I would also like to say the last piece of the homework is to listen to the power of vulnerability by Brene Brown, Ted talk. It's so good. That's good. Good homework. As always, I'll be doing the homework. Thanks Lauren. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to mindful talk. We don't take it lightly that you spent your time listening to our podcast and we are forever grateful. If you'd like to support the podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform and leave us a rating and a review. Welcome to a more mindful way of living and working.